Hi, and welcome to Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. Today, I am here with Tayana, and we are going to be talking about no contact and all of the epic fails that happen when you try to establish no contact, and uh, it is uh, not happening. No contact, no bueno, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so many things can go wrong. Uh, when you try to do that, I can give you firsthand um, testimonials about that. But I'm going to let you go ahead and start and, and tell us, you know, my question is this, um, you know, why is it that with regular people that are not, not narcissists or sociopaths or psychopaths, that it's pretty easy to just say, done, you know, like this, clean break. Ta-da, moving on. But you hook up and tangle with one of these types, and it's just a whole nother thing. It's almost, I won't say it's impossible because nothing is impossible, but it's so hard. Why is it so hard mm -hmm. to have no contact with these disordered uh, people? Mm -hmm. Actually, yes and no, because any kind of addiction can be formed in any kind of relationship. It doesn't have to be just a narcissistic abusive relationship for a survivor to get addicted to a relationship, whether it's through codependency mm -hmm. or being addicted to what they're giving you, needing to get your fix, um, having it um, serve you in some way when you're getting something from them. So, what makes it harder with the narcissistic relationship is typically the survivor is still wanting to change the reality of what is going on. And because the narcissist believes or gives off the air that nothing is wrong, <laughs> the survivor actually really wants to continue to believe that, wants to continue to feed into the story there's something within them that isn't strong enough to say, no, this is bullshit and, mm -hmm. and just go. So you've got a, a different types of elements of addiction, maybe a chemical addiction coming from the head, maybe a codependency addiction, wanting something from outside of, of yourself um, that needs to be filled. That's that feels lacking within yourself. And, um, and then there's the, 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 the physical, psychological reality check of it all. Mm -hmm. And is this even really real? And I don't want it to be real. So that, 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 that kind of form of denial that wants to continue to play out if you're not completely done with the relationship. Well, I want to reinforce what you're saying about this psychologically speaking, that um, it's for sure addiction is a part of it. I had a conversation with someone recently and I, I was talking about that in the context of my own recovery from trying to get past a 15 year marriage with a narcissist slash sociopath. And uh, this person said, what are you talking about? That's there's no uh, addiction means alcohol or drugs or maybe food, right? Mm -hmm. You can have food addiction or sex addiction or whatever. But like, you can't be like addicted to a person. I was like, oh, 
can you not really you just don't know what you're talking about because i guarantee you that is a thing you can be addicted to uh, a person and in if you you know when you're doing your due diligence about learning about narcissism and sociopathy and all of that stuff one of the things for sure is to learn about trauma bonding which is like an addiction intermittent reinforcement is sort of like Stockholm syndrome. It's a type of torture technique to, to punish someone and do something awful and horrific and then reward and have everything be great and all of that. They do that to prisoners of war. They torture them and beat them and then they give them a meal and let them sleep and maybe give them a blanket or, or let them make a phone call home and then they go torture them some more. So that does something to your brain. It dysregulates it. And then, you know, we talk about maladaptive behaviors um, in psychology a lot. And um, people who are uh, narcissists and sociopaths have a lot of maladaptive behaviors but then also their victims, the people that are their partners that they're engaged with, they develop their own maladaptive behaviors and it becomes a mutually back and forth kind of toxic, very um, uh, addictive kind of thing where you, you, your brain chemicals, your body, your neural pathways in your brain are programmed in much the way they would be if you were in a cult or if you had Stockholm syndrome or, if, you know, something like that. So we're not talking about just, oh, I don't have willpower. I miss him. I'm going to text him and blow up his phone. No, that's not what this is. This is on a whole other level. So I think it's super important that everyone understands that. There's nothing wrong with you to be feeling out of control and to f there's nothing wrong with you because you fail and break that no contact and you check their social media or your, you know, whatever it's, it's, there's a lot of things at play mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Even your mental health provider may miss this and not understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's be gentle with yourself because it's going to take a while to rewire uh, your brain and allow um, the chemical reactions and the, and the newer neurons that, fire off uh, around this person and around the, the, the dynamic of the relationship to shift and change. It's one shift at a time. And even if you do fail and go do things like mm, accidentally text or have contact with when you've committed not to, or you know that it's unhealthy for you, or you know it's dangerous for you, um, that can be taken as a lesson, you know, that can be like, okay, you know, what, how, you know, you can observe it from a different place rather than, um, you know, once you're in recovery, you can start to observe the behavior, observe the patterns that are actually going on. Um, but you're going to need some help knowing what is healthy and what isn't healthy and discerning that. Uh, Cause a lot of times there's still a lot of confusion within as you're recovering so can we segue for a moment and uh, if, if we acknowledge that, yes, this is a formidable task in dealing with this. So can we talk about like if you are, um, you know, experiencing this, what are some things 
that we can do to self-regulate, to stop ourselves, to lock that down, to fight the addiction, and to um, to just not um, go through with those phone calls, the text. Hopefully you're not stalking them and following them around. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you are, and I certainly can see that. I have done some pretty crazy things in these last this last year and a half. So um, is there anything we can do? Absolutely. Um, the first thing that I would suggest would be to have a support group or a recovery buddy or a friend that you can be accountable to. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you that knows what's going on and happening with you. This is important for, for a couple of different reasons. One, typically when you're in a narcissistic relationship, there is a, the separation and isolation when you're experiencing. Yes. So you need to have people around you that know that you're in recovery, know that you're trying to break free of specific patterns so that you can stay accountable and that you can call somebody when you're going to call them to buffer and help you get through the, the addictive pattern. Because it's not easy when you're wanting, it's a, it's a pull, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really, you know, it's an addiction. So it pulls you almost and, and you feel like you're losing control. Mm-hmm. So there, and I can also suggest other tools that you will want to um, get would be um, things like breath work, meditation, having a list of things that you can do, even if it's eat a whole pie. You know? <laughs> no, don't let's do not do that. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Hey, you got to do what you got to do when you're when you're trying to stop yourself. This sounds a lot, a lot like a twelve step program. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to Al Anon for years after being married to an alcoholic. This was number two. The narcissist sociopath was number two. The first one was an alcoholic, and I went to Al Anon for years. And in Al Anon, this is for the friends, parents, family of alcoholics. Um, we did that 12 step program and you would call your sponsor, Mm -hmm. your mentor person and say, I'm having, you know, I'm being triggered. I'm, I feel like I'm going to act compulsively and obsessively help, help. I need help. And, and that was instrumental and all those 12 step programs, whether it's like, uh, not just AA alcoholics anonymous, but they have NA narcotics anonymous Mm -hmm. and, and SAA, Sex Anonymous, Sex Addicts Anonymous, and all those different ones, mm-hmm. they all work on that 12-step program, which sounds very similar to, to what, mm-hmm. what you're saying, yeah. because it is an addiction. Yes. That person that I just recently had that argue, argument with does not know what they're talking about. I guarantee you there's science to support this. This isn't just mm-hmm. our opinion. Um, there is science to, to and research that that supports the same phenomena is mm-hmm. happening in your brain that's happening with a heroin junkie person. Mm-hmm. It's the same dynamic, exactly. And, and there's other similar dynamics such as codependency mm-hmm. and 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 inner child wounding. Um, so there, you know, depending on each person, the the narcissist is typically a master manipulator. So. You have allowed yourself to put it lightly or in a mm-hmm. more compassionate way, you know, but really you have somehow allowed yourself to be manipulated. And there are things that need to come to the surface of why that is going on for you so that you can work on you and you don't 
attract this kind of um, dynamic. And it's very, in my opinion, narcissism and narcissistic abuse and the um, the, the sociopath mm-hmm. um, personality um, is very complex and a lot more mental health studies need to be done on it. But I do believe it, it is very much intertwined with a lot of this dysfunction that runs in our, our society. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think these days everyone's quick to say narcissist, 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 everybody's a narcissist, <laughs> but, uh, and it's used too liberally and incorrectly and we can't have to stop that. You know, it's kind of like crying wolf. If you do that enough, people are going to stop listening altogether. And it is such a, a growing phenomena for many reasons. You know, mm-hmm. we live in a culture, immediate gratification, entitlement, feeling like everybody gets a trophy, you know, that whole kind of concept. No, everybody shouldn't get a trophy Mm -hmm. because somebody, you know, maybe you are a loser Mm -hmm. today and you have been defeated and you need to fall down and scrape up your knees and learn to have resilience, which is Mm -hmm. so important. It's something I don't have. I don't have much resilience. I'm a brittle old woman. You bend me. I'm just going to snap like a twig. You know, I have no resilience. I'm trying to grow some, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. And you, children can't learn it if you're always scooping them up and giving everybody a trophy. It's just like they're never going to learn to fail, and they're not going to know what to do after they fail. Mm-hmm. So when something like this happens to you, then it's like you have none of the skills you need to have to be able to survive it. It's like, what do I do now? Oh my gosh, I'm injured. I'm bleeding. Ouch, it hurts. I guess I'm just going to lie here and wait for someone to rescue me. And that is, they're not coming. The rescuers, they're not coming. They're not. Mm-hmm. I, I, you mm-hmm. have to rescue yourself. Yeah, I really like the point that you brought up about uh, our society and, and narcissism. This is this is a really good thing to touch on because um our narcissistic personalities are running rampant, at least in the United States. If you're outside of the United States, maybe it's different for your country, but we are a nice narcissistic culture. Okay. So there are very, very many, many levels. And typically what we're discussing, and I think what Jen is discussing on her, her podcast is the more severe abuse, uh, long-term. And I, for me, I know that the narcissist is very much in denial a lot of the time of their own all the time all the time in denial (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know how conscious they are of their own abuse Uh, i'd like to think that they were unconscious of it Um, but i do believe that abuse of these types can can vary from even the abuser being unconscious to actually conscious to what they are doing and how they are manipulating that's absolutely true let us not like if we we're, we're talking about uh, narcissistic behavior. I've got narcissistic behavior. I think most of us do, mm-hmm. but we're really trying to dive down deep into the abuse and the disease of narcissistic abuse and sociopathy. Yes. It's on a, a spectrum. And so everyone has traits and that's mm-hmm. okay. That's healthy probably to have mm-hmm. some narcissistic tendencies and traits, mm-hmm. but when it becomes pathological 
maladaptive and prevents you from functioning in a way that's healthy and causes harm to all the people around you all the time. It always ends with death and destruction and, a, and all of, you know, <laughs> burning cities behind you. You know, you're on the other end of that spectrum. You're no longer the harmless person with a few narcissistic traits. You cross over into territory where it becomes an actual mental illness. And some people will argue that it's not a mental illness. Some people will argue that it's, it's a trauma response. They're responding to trauma and, and that it's more that than like some mental thing. But, you know, their brains, their brains do not function in reality. They they blame shift. They are they do um, their history revisionist where they make up. They alter the past. They alter the past so that whatever they tell you, it's like that never happened. What are you talking about? That never happened. And to them, they really believe it did. So they are down that rabbit hole a hundred percent in some kind of uh, delusional place. And I think it, depending on where they are on the spectrum, mm -hmm. some of the most severe malignant ones, some people say they do probably know exactly. Mm -hmm. How could they not know? Because mm -hmm. they're highly um, intelligent people. A lot mm -hmm. of the time, very highly intelligent, gifted, talented in many ways. And they have to be able to see what happens with their relationships, I would think. Although, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure that varies. Maybe yeah. sometimes it doesn't. But for the person that's been attached, we have had an unhealthy attachment mm -hmm. to these individuals who are so dysregulated and so mm -hmm. maladapted. And mm -hmm. um, and that's the, that's, the, that's the important thing for you to remember as you're stepping into recovery is that it's really about your recovery. It's great to know and understand the disease of narcissistic behavior and narcissistic mm -hmm. abuse, but the healing really needs to be done within you. Yes. You can't stop thinking I need to heal them. That mm. was me because I just, you know, I spent almost 20 years trying to heal this person that cannot be healed mm. and I need to heal myself. And they say sick people hurt people. And that's true. They hurt you because they're sick and you are sick because you've been with them. So you have like two sick people not knowing how to be healthy is it's a recipe for disaster. So we have to try to stop being sick. And therefore, you know, once we achieve our own personal health, uh, things will happen as they will happen with everything else in our life. And I think it will all come together and all the pieces will coalesce around this whole, I am healthy. I am whole. I am resilient. I am strong. I am a warrior. I am a trooper. I got this. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have to, to circle the wagons and, and make it about you and, and do everything you can to stop thinking about that narcissist or sociopath. Speaking Let me ask of you warriors, that. <laughs> Speaking of warriors, a warrior's, warrior's path to wholeness. We have a workshop going on January 9th yes. from 1 to 3. It's a two-hour workshop. Please join us. We're going to be giving out tons of tools for your recovery. We're going to do processing, grief work, setting Role-playing. We're going to role-play. And I get to be the narcissist or sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of being the victim. I volunteer. I get to okay. be the, I get the to victim. be the, yeah. 
<laughs> or one of you can. Um, please join us on this day. You'll 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 get tons of stuff via email, and you'll you'll get some some support from us um, in in real time. Yes, we okay. hope so. We we uh, have put together a lot of things that have worked for us. Through Tayana's work, she's helped many people with these things. Uh, I am one of those people, and I can give a testimonial. It helped me tremendously to advance me further along. It gave me tools. It gave me a language. It gave me a perspective about what I needed to shine the light on and move towards, right? Because you have to see something ahead of you to move toward it and Tayana helped me do that. So mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's a, it is a, and Jen uh, is a warrior. (laughs) She is definitely a warrior. Well, anybody can lead you on this path to recovery. It's, it's her. Well, I want to tell you, it comes from a place of being deeply wounded to begin with that has made me have this repetitive pattern my whole life of trying to fix people. And uh, I am not young. i may you know you may not know that but trust me i am definitely not young and the clock is ticking i feel more now than ever that i need to have health and wholeness to show that to my loved ones to my children to the people who look to me i want to them to not say wow her life was tragic because she was so broken and damaged all her life she kept repeating these toxic patterns i don't want to have that be my legacy I want to be remembered as, wow, she's a trooper. She's mm-hmm. an art trooper. And she kept fighting mm-hmm. until the very end because she didn't want to be broken. She didn't want to be damaged. She didn't want to be a victim. I reject mm-hmm. that. Some mm-hmm. people say, oh, you're playing the victim. I'm not playing anything. Mm-hmm. I have been a victim because I allowed myself to be. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we do a lot of horrible things to ourselves that are self-destructive because we don't know how to be any any way better or Typically healthier when we know better we do better so yes we're here to give you some so things. any any final things to tell uh our audience about things they could just practice like give them how about this let's hear one thing we could do today or this evening that we could sit down and do if you could think of like all the different tips and tricks and tools you have in that toolbox what's one thing that would be simple that we could take out and just practice right now, today, that would kind of help us frame in our minds the whole idea of health and wholeness. And that, you know, we have to, I mean, the topic of today was no contact. And the way that we achieve no contact is to work on ourselves so much that we no longer have the desire to get that validation from an external source. Because we can provide it to ourselves from the inside out. Mm-hmm. That is so hard. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Much harder mm-hmm. than it sounds. Mm-hmm. And so, any. Well, what I can suggest is, is if you sat down, um, this is a very easy uh, exercise, is to sit down and make a list, a list that you're going to carry with you of self loving, self, the things that you do to nurture yourself when you're going through something that way, when you're wanting or you're to call the person or you're having some sort of an issue with yourself, you can pull out the list and remind yourself, whether it's to take a bath, get an ice cream cone, take a walk, listen to music, dance. Body movement is always great. 
dance it out, run it out, exercise it out, call the friend, have all of these things. Because when the chemicals in your brain take over, it becomes more difficult to remember that step place. So if you sit down, and this is also going to be a test for you in a sense, because when you sit down to write the list, if you cannot think about one thing, that's a red flag that you're not in tune with how to self-love and nurture yourself and mm-hmm. care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then that will tell you that you need to learn. You need to go in that direction to get some tools of how to nurture yourself. Podcast. <laughs> a podcast saved my life. Oh, my gosh. I listen to so many different podcasts just google it narcissistic abuse recovery videos podcasts there's tons we are a small drop in the ocean mm-hmm. of the oh, of the resources out there yes yes on self-love and self-care it's a 22 day deep dive it's really about the sacred love within ourselves and there's i'm giving out a ton of exercises it's a 22-day deep dive. If you need to learn how to love yourself, don't feel bad. A lot of us didn't learn. <laughs> but this is a great way. It's called the Feminine Crown. I think Jen can put the right, link right. down mm-hmm. below. And- Absolutely. So there's tons of resources out there, guys. You just have to reach for them. Consider it like a buffet. You go along, pick up the pieces that look interesting, try it out. If it works, have more of that. If you try something and it doesn't work, put it back. Well, no, don't put it back. But like, leave it alone. Leave it on your plate and uh, try to find something else that works for you. And, you know, I wanted to say one other thing before we go. When you were saying about making the list of things that you can do when you get triggered and you feel that compulsion to call them or text them or reach out to them in some way, go look at their you know social media page. Stop yourself by doing that and shifting over to doing one of those activities like listening to a podcast. Um, But you can also make a list of all the horrible, horrific betrayals, infidelities, uh, evil things that they did that were just sick and horrible and not okay. Not okay to remind you. Why would you want to call a person who's like that? Why do you need that in your life? Mm-hmm. And and what did your loved ones think? I mean, it. Here, here's a final thing to encourage you to get yourself together. One of my children told me, when you are in pain, it hurts us. My children. My children suffer by seeing mm-hmm. me suffer. Mm-hmm. If I love them and want them to have a lighter load and to have more happiness in their life, I need to get myself together. I cannot just be a wreck going around with despair and hopelessness and, oh, my gosh, my life is over. It's so ruined. It's hurting them. I have a responsibility to heal myself because, you know, what what did I say a while ago? Sick people, injured people, hurt people, they hurt other people. And that could be us hurting other people because we are sick and injured. So we have to stop. Stop, stop, no matter what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And with compassion. With yeah, with compassion, compassion because you know what? <laughs> you know what? I fail. I have, you know, in the last month, I have failed. I have texted. I have, uh, oh, who are we kidding? I met up with him a few weeks ago, and I'm a year and a half out, and I'm still not done with it. I'm still not where I want to be, but you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying. 
And I am better today. I am better today than I was uh, 17, 18 months ago. Oh, heck yes. So much better. And you will be too. You just have to believe that you can do it and then decide to do it for yourself and for the people who love you. Yes. Make that choice. Yes. Make the choice. It's so nice to be here. It's been great to have you here today. And uh, we'll talk again. Okay. Bye. See you later. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.